Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good buddy Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, I'm here, and uh, I gotta say, after that last time when we had Rob on, we were talking about travel, and you know, I was getting a hard time for not having gotten on a plane anytime recently. I feel like I'm glad. Like since that episode, I feel like I've read. News stories, heard podcasts about how yeah. bad air travel has been. I'm uh, I know it's I'm been not nothing jealous of you now. having to jump on a plane to come to ChannelCon in a month. I know. I'm kind of planning like a, a building in a day buffer to get there so that uh, there may be the inevitable, you know, flight cancellation, derailment, whatever. Um, yeah, it sure sounds like a mess out there. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll be stuck on a, on a moving truck with a polka band, you know, trying to get to Chicago. Um, I know so. it's, it's not so, but your choice is that or, or driving, I guess, which is uh, expensive to expensive. So you can go gas prices or you can go, um, you know, uh, unforeseen travel nightmares in the air, who knows, but um, happy fourth coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, our producer, Andrew McMillan, uh, she wasn't on the last episode because she was going to St. Louis uh I was interested to hear a little bit about that trip. So, Andrea, did you have any trouble with your travel at all? Hey, guys. Um, No, I had no trouble with my travel, although um, we just wrapped up um, our St. Louis filming for our upcoming We Are Kemptia campaign. So that was tons of fun. It's always nice because I work behind the camera. Um, and I edit everybody's videos. I feel like I know the people so well, but it's very nice when I get to see them in person and talk to them and, and then they get to know me um, back. And so there's a, a more familiarity and a comfort level. So that was really cool. And getting to be able to highlight the benefits of the Comptia organization, the role that Comptia has played in our members is really important, but more so like seeing why they shine so much. Our members are awesome people. Um, and so being able to capture that on camera is special. So we did that in St. Louis. And then we just wrapped up yesterday and um, the day before, two days of filming at HQ for some of our can- Canadian community members. So that's been so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, nice. You probably uh, <laughs> know more of our members than almost anyone in the organization <laughs> after I filming. I feel like I do, but it's them, funny so. because I know them, but they don't know me yet. And yeah. so when I get to meet them, it's funny. I'm like, I know you. <laughs> yeah, you're the wizard behind the curtain, right? That's it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, hopefully we'll get to see you at ChannelCon coming up so we can do yeah. it in person too. So it's not just us, our images on the screen again. So totally. I'll be at ChannelCon, but I'm, yeah. I'm good to be back here at Volley with you guys. This is my core crew here. So very <laughs> yeah, we are happy to have you back and we're glad that your uh, travels went well. So thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have, have a good rest of your episode. Thanks. Thanks. Um, you know, I think that's a good transition into what we're going to talk about, not just today, but I think for, you know, the next couple episodes, we're going to do a two-parter here on partner experience, which is something, Carolyn, that you've looked at for a little while. And I'm sure it's something that's on the mind of our lot, a lot of our members. Um, and I don't know how much that's coming out, you know, and what they're talking about, you know, they're probably talking a lot about their experiences at CompTIA, but I would, I would think that part of that experience at CompTIA is facilitating, this connection between partners and vendors that's leading to this notion of partner experience. And uh, you, like I said, looked at this for a couple of years, you've got some pretty recent data and you're putting out some content on that. So why don't you kick it off a little bit and tell us you know, what this is and why we're looking at it right now. 
Sure. Um, yeah, partner experience is just, you know, a yet another buzzword um, similar to customer experience, or we are also hearing a lot today about employee experience. It's all sort of the same thing. It's, um, it is the kind of the journey that uh, a partner goes on with respect to the vendors or the distributors they work with from the beginning, you know, being recruited, onboarded through the entire life cycle and what that looks like. Very similar to you your experience working with, you know, a consumer provider in your life, you know, your, your expectancy expectations that you have around, um, you know, going to get your computer fixed or like at the Apple store or dealing with your cable provider, whoever it is, and the means that you communicate, the support that you get, the response times you get, generally the relationship that you get with some of the providers. Um, and these are critical in the channel, as you well know, because it's all about relationships. Um, the channel doesn't function otherwise. So, you know, you've got the manufacturers that, that build the stuff or um, develop the stuff, um, stuff being the technology we all consume. Um, but then you have all these routes to market and then you've got, you know, the channel that helps with routes to market, but also the channel that adds on top of that and creates additional value on whatever the manufacturer had and then proliferates that out. Um, it doesn't work unless all the moving pieces figure out a way to get along and, there is a good experience for everybody involved. Uh, specifically with this study, we looked at what partners are saying. So what the solution provider, MSP, and you name it, uh, type of business within that ecosystem thinks about the relationships they have today with the vendors whom they work with. What's some of the things that are top of mind for them? What could be done better? What is, you know, what isn't working? What's working great? And the most interesting thing today is that things are changing. The way that partners and vendors work together was pretty set in stone for decades. It was a very linear business. Most people in the channel were selling hardware. Vendor makes hardware, vendor moves hardware through the channel to end customer. There's a set of programs and, and benefits that go with that and resources that the vendor provides, but it was all very staple and stock and everybody used the same methods. Today, as we have discussed a lot on Bali, the ecosystem of partners is so different and the way that everybody goes to market is so different with the cloud kind of changing the paradigm completely um, so that there's more direct business. Customers can consume software directly. So where does the partner fit in there and how does the vendor work with the partner? Um, so all of that has kind of changed the things that partners expect from this experience that we're talking about. Um, so they have different expectations about partner programs. They have just different expectations about the way they want to communicate with the vendors who they talk to. Um, they have different ex expectations about the types of resources that they're interested in. Things that might have been table stakes or just critical um, to them that the vendor provided in the past may not be as important today, might float down more you know, near the bottom, whereas something, um, something that's more germane to what their business model needs today is something they're knocking on the door of the vendor to get. So everybody's kind of struggling right now a little bit to figure out um, vendors are changing their programs and, and partners are trying to be patient and figure out, you know, what they need. Um, and so it's, it's an interesting time to examine this particular phenomenon. So it's a long winded intro to, um, to the study that we we're looking at. A little bit more into that. Um, uh, we, we used to talk about, I think, partner satisfaction. Like, like you said, yeah. we talk so much about experience these days and, and yeah. we'll just stick with partner experience here. I, I'm guessing that for a while uh, in the channel, the, the big discussion was around partner satisfaction. 
And as I think about this shift to partner experience, I, I think that that a big part of the reason is that there's been a shift in the balance of, of power. Maybe not that the pendulum has swung all the way the, the other way, um, but it feels like it used to be, like you said, this was very product driven and, and the, the partner was basically acting as a, a subsidiary almost of the vendor, right? And like mm -hmm. that, that was their value. And now they have their own value. And so that, that balance has shifted a little bit and instead of just saying, you know, am I satisfied? Am, am I flowing this product through, you know, well, it's how am I doing as my own business? And, and how does that work with the vendors that I'm choosing to work with? Am I getting everything from my vendors that I would want to get rather than I'm just making sure that I, that I make money? You know, again, I don't know that the, the, the balance has completely swung so that they're, they're not concerned about some of those traditional things. And maybe we'll talk about that more in a little bit, but do you feel like that is one of the root causes of this shift towards talking about experience versus just satisfaction? Yeah, you're you're spot on. There's a, a few things that are, are happening today. I mentioned cloud computing, which is certainly shaken up the way that companies appear to the customer and go to market. Um, and that has changed the power balance between vendors and partners. And, and the way that it has is that you know, customers today, uh, the partner isn't going in and plopping necessarily a device in front of the customer and selling it on the speeds and the feeds and look at this cool thing. They're selling um, in many ways an experience to the customer and they're selling a service to the customer that is abstracted. The vendor part of it is often abstracted from the end customer. The person in the face they deal with is the partner and whatever um, gear, uh, hardware, software, whatever it is that's running in the background and up in the cloud that's from the vendor, the, the, the customer almost never sees these days. So that means that the partner, instead of leading with their vendor, which they used to do, used to be all about, hey, I know everything about IBM. I know everything about Microsoft. I'm in their program. It's on my business card. This is why you should do business with me because I'm an expert uh, at, the, at these technologies. Today, it's more about the partner positioning their own brand and their own reputation and their own skill set and what other services they can add around that. So they, they truly are the face to the partner. And unless the vendor on the back end wants to help that partner um, succeed within their own business and with their own business outcomes, that vendor becomes less important to the partner. And the other big factor today is that there's so much more choice. It used to be the universe of vendors was you know, the big platform players. Uh, I know you used to work for IBM. I mean, it would be IBM, you know, Cisco, HP, um, on the hardware side, there are others, obviously Dell. Um, and then you'd have Oracle and Microsoft on the software side. And it was just this behemoth, you know, group of the, you know, the, the Titans. And you aligned yourself with one of those vendors and, and customers knew who those vendors were. Today, We've got SaaS companies, so a million ISVs out there that sell some sort of solution. Um, you, and you've got emerging technology companies that are putting together solutions around Internet of Things and you name it, go on and on. We talk about it a lot. And so the choice is, is really exploded for partners so they can be more picky. That's my main point is so if you as a vendor are not like, you know, you're not getting an A or an A plus in partner experience, um, you're causing pain points for that partner, whether it's communication or support or you name any stage along the way of the relationship, they can look elsewhere. And we yeah. do see that. I mean, one of the big data points, and I, I don't want to throw a lot of numbers and I won't, but one of the big data points here is, is that, you know, half of the respondents that we talked to said 
they just flat out dropped a vendor that they worked with, an established vendor they worked with last year because their partner experience habits uh, were not good. And so, you know, so the game has definitely changed and there's more, like you said, it's not a hundred percent balance shift, but there's definitely a little more leverage on the side of the partner than, than ever was there before. Yeah. I think that stat that you mentioned was the one that jumped out to me by a wide margin uh, yeah. in, in the report, right? That, you know, 50% of partners say they've dropped a vendor because Bye. of poor <laughs> or mediocre, you know, partner experience. And It'd be interesting to dig into that. I, I kind of have to believe that what you're saying around having choice really influences that number that, you know, they're they're not dealing with a vendor that they have to have anymore. Right. Um, like take laptops. Laptops is probably the most simplified example, but they probably don't have customers saying, I have to have this laptop. You know, the one counter example would be if customers are saying, I want MacBooks, right? It's like you've you got to work with Apple yeah. or, you know, whatever distributor. But if you're just looking for a PC, you probably don't have to work with, you know, HP or Lenovo or Dell or whoever it might be. Yeah. You can kind of pick and choose. Um, and I even wonder if part of that 50% is partners that are saying, uh, I'm just not, I'm not dealing with that product anymore. I'm focusing more on services. So I don't okay. need a vendor flowing product to me anymore. If I'm not getting a good experience from them, if I'm not getting what I need, I'm just going to drop that. And I'm not going to worry about, you know, selling product anymore. I'm going to sell my services around whatever mm -hmm. product the customer may, might have. And maybe I help supply that product. Maybe I don't. Um, but yeah, I think that number was huge. You know, 50% yeah. is kind of shocking to me. Well, one uh, of the and, things and I'm kind of wondering, like, what are partners looking for then, you know, if, if they're saying partner experience is important to me, what are the things that they're expecting from their vendor? Well, one thing that never changes, and this has been true even back in the day, is they want uh, vendors who are, are easy to do business with. And what, it, what does that mean? It, it sounds, you know, like it, it, it does encapsulate quite a bit, but it means um, being responsive. It means having um, adjusting as a vendor to the new needs of the channel. So if you've had the same partner program in place with the same table stakes, set of benefits, the same compensation models, which don't necessarily fit every type of business model that a partner has today, um, and you don't, you're not looking at that. I mean, all the really savvy, smart vendors today are re or re-architecting their partner programs in some way. They're they're tinkering with them. If you're not and that's something that um, a partner is going to say, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't want to be in this program anymore because it's, it's not applicable to me. Um, but communications is another thing. Um, one, one thing that I think we forget is it, this, it is in a situation where partners deal with one vendor. They have a million, they have a whole bunch of vendors. We ask that, you know, most of them, um, you know, regularly deal with somewhere between five and 10. And that's at the low end that they are involved in a partner program. Um, and it goes higher than that. Larger um, partners, you know, easily are involved in 15 plus programs. And what you forget is those vendors are not all friends. So it's not one program that you all bo boil up to as a partner. You're now having to keep track as a small company in most cases, keep track of whatever's going on in this vendor's program, that vendor's program, this vendor's. And it's it's very, very challenging for a lot of partners to do. Um, the We often describe it as the fire hose of information, but that's the way it comes out. All communication just comes blasting out from every vendor that you work with. None of it is unified in one portal. Every vendor has its own portal. 
And it's almost as if partners need to dedicate a full-time person just to managing the communication end of the vendor relationship. And they can't really afford to do that. So if you're a vendor that makes that piece of the puzzle easy for your partners, um, strips it down, makes it simple, communicates in different ways. So not just one funnel that goes email only or goes, um, you know, phones only or whatever it happens to be, but try to make it so that you're appealing to different members within a partner organization with different types of communication mechanisms. Um, all those little things do add up. And, you know, and, you know, one of the biggest pain points, and this kind of goes back to things, is the more things change, the more they stay the same, though, is, you know, one of the big pain points in partners, partner experience is technical support response times. That's number one. It's always number one, no matter all the other good things that we see um, coming out because, you know, life is changing in the technology channel, that one still remains the same. So um, if you don't get the basics right, uh, you can be doing all kinds of cool things with partner experience and, and you're still probably going to be ticking off your partners. Um, so answer the phone when they call about a technical problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I guess think there's right. an element of that on the partner side too, right? Yeah. Where the partners are saying, we want it to be amazing. We want you yeah. know this great experience. And the vendors are like, okay, what's the number one thing you want? And they're like, technical support from you. Exactly. Same thing we've wanted you know, for years and years. Yeah, there's a lot right? of cognitive dissonance in this in this study. You know, so there are partners, yes. And, and it reflects that the fact that, that, that there are still partners that are very much in the old school you know, model, and then there are partners that aren't. And so you cannot, there's no one size fits all. Yeah. Which is the, which is the challenge for vendors. And we'll talk about vendors on, on the next volley, but that's their biggest challenge is trying to figure out how to please everybody. And it isn't, it, it's not doable a hundred percent, but they can try. Yeah. And I, I think to me, that was one of the things that jumped out that kind of indicates that the pendulum hasn't, has not swung all the way to the other right. side, right? That, you know, if partners are still saying the number one thing that I want is, Technical support, again, for products that are flowing, you know, that that still indicates that the the tried and true that we've become familiar with over years and decades is still there. Uh, and, and so much of, of that relationship is still part of what partners might think of as this new thing, partner experience. But I think right behind that desire for technical support was a desire for training, right? And not just technical training, not just technical training on the product, but business training, right? So I think a smaller partner is looking to a larger vendor and saying, hey, I'm just a small guy. You know, you know how to run a business. You know some of the things I should be looking out for. You might know how to do marketing a whole lot better than I do. You know, why don't you teach me that? You know, that's not a part of the, the relationship that might have been there in the past if they were just trying to shove product. But I think now that is a big thing. So you've got, you know, this number one thing, that is more traditional, but this number two thing um, is a little bit more indicative of what this new partner experience is all about. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Um, the partner is really today um, looking to their vendors to either directly help them with their own training on business skills or to either contract out with somebody or, you know, work to help them get certifications through a CompTIA, through, um, through a vendor. But partners today are really looking at ways to up skill their own business acumen. A lot of channel companies that we've talked to about this a million times, but they're small companies. And as they seek to grow, you know, the the, the skill set that was necessary with a 10 employee business um, 
really rapidly changes as you double in size or you're growing your revenue. And um, a lot of partners, they, this is where they really fail or they lose it is that they don't quite have that next level of either financial skill in order to, you know, to do the books and run their business the way they want to. They don't have forecasting skills um, to help with their sales and inventory um, type of needs. Uh, they're looking, one of the things you mentioned marketing and they're looking for actually for social media help. They're looking for ways, the new ways, you know, show us how to do this so that we can prospect for customers um, using some of the new communications tools that are out there and how best to capture that and use analytics to maybe build against that. So all of those things they're looking for from vendors. Um, they're also getting a lot of that from distributors, which is another thing we'll talk about when we um, switch gears for next volley. But uh, distributors, because they are not, um, they are, you know, sort of one point where all the vendors feed into. So my point earlier about having all the vendors, there's too many of them and they all have their own stuff. Distributors can kind of compile all of that for, for uh, the partners and are often a good um, centralized point for some of this training that we're talking about. But I think it's, I, I think it's fascinating because I love to see that the partners are really interested in rolling up their sleeves and they want to improve the business performance that they have. And they're looking, you know, anywhere that they can go to, to do that. So it's going to be incumbent upon vendors that if they want to get the check mark for a good partner experience to start thinking about the ways that they can train uh, on the business side. Well, it's good stuff. I uh, read the early release of the brief. Um, I, I think it will be on the website by the time this episode goes live, um, but we'll get it in the show notes as soon as yeah. it's uh, up on the website, no matter what. And then I'm really excited to have part two of this conversation from the vendor perspective, because uh, I know you did a lot of interviews with vendors. Uh, so that will provide a little bit more you know, color than our standard survey method. Yep. Um, and it'll provide us the second side of this so that we can kind of see what they're struggling with. And then all of this will kind of lead into ChannelCon, where I know you're uh, leading a session on this uh, there. Indeed, I am. So um, hopefully this all, uh, like you said, leads into ChannelCon. We'll have all our members there to go full circle back to uh, Andrea earlier in the show. And um, and and this will be, I, I believe, um, a lot of the discussions will be in the hallways and elsewhere will be around this um, this subject. So keep it on the mind. Yeah. Good talking to you, buddy. All right. Yeah. Good talking to you, too. Looking forward to uh, part two in the next episode. And thanks to Andrea, our producer. Andrea, we're glad to have you back. And Carolyn, I'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. Bye-bye.